0: started birch grove is one of the largest settlements of fairy kind in the wilderness it is named such for the large birch trees that are in the in the grove there is a an idyllic brook trickling through and it is home not only to the fairies but to our fairy dash Recently, Birch Grove has been the subject of several gorilla-like attacks by these creatures that the people of the Wilderin have begun to call the faceless ones. The faceless ones are large, thickly muscled humanoids who are almost skeletal in their facial appearance. There's not a lot in the way of landmarks on the face. There is the Absence of a nose, uh, slits for nostrils, sharply pointed ears, and many of them have horns. Some have goat or ram-like horns, the other ones will have small pointed horns projecting out of their forehead, and even rarer are a few that have one single curved horn in the center of their forehead. These are not skeletons per se, but... They do appear almost like a bare skull, even though there is discernible flesh on them. They are almost always clad in black. They're almost always led by a leader with ram's horns. They are somewhat squat, hairy. They wear harnesses. Their clothing is always black, leather, with some furs and some roughly hammered metal bits. So it was that these skirmishes began to increase these these attacks increased in frequency and severity and the queen of Birchgrove sent her best flyers out across the wilderin to gather a group of willing heroes to help defend against these creatures one of the first to volunteer of course was Dash, however, the queen denied your request as you weren't a capable flyer. You're more of a glider because of the uh, handicap with the wings. Hey, 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 that's okay. I understand that. But nonetheless, Dash was there and ready to defend his home, even though he is now presently living on the outskirts of his home because of a an incident that had occurred with his fellow fairies. And the queen. They asked me to
1: leave. I said okay.
0: Earring. The hunt is good. You are presently stalking through the wilderness in your feline form, the form that you enjoy being in most often. It is freeing, and the the primal nature of that form you find appealing. You are one of the last of your kind, perhaps even the last of your kind, for you haven't seen any shifters ever. You've heard tales, but you're not certain whether or not these tales are merely legends or actual fact. But everybody knows of Earring, the creature that lives on the outskirts of society, the being that will occasionally enter into the villages and towns and interact with the residents there. You are up in the canopy of a tree, resting, waiting for your prey, whatever it may be, to blindly walk underneath you as you're ready to pounce when the fairies came and requested your aid so it was that you agreed and you have made your way to birch grove to meet with the queen and her retinue moqui has been gathering herbs to make tinctures for a sickness that has befallen the Wilderin and many of the people and creatures that live there it is something you find quite disturbing When the fairies found you and requested your help, you felt that you had to agree and you had to come. They were going to need a healer. And although your healing abilities weren't as potent and you weren't as skilled as sun glistens on the waters, still you were a competent fighter in your own right. And you believed you could certainly be of help in the aftermath of the battle. So it was that you agreed and you made your way as well to birch grove it was the very early hours of the morning when the sun was just about creeping up over the horizon when the fairies came to Longway way in madry during the morning ritual of stretching and practicing kata and your sword forms the fairies came and requested that you aid birch grove in their defense against the faceless ones Never one to back down from an opportunity to heap more honor upon your name or to be of help to your adopted family of the Wilderin, you finished your forms, sheathed your weapons, quenched your fire, and set out for Birch Grove. It was the early morning as well for Sun Glistens on the Water that the fairies found him. He was by Rorik, an ancient oak tree whose age is... Really difficult to discern. But in speaking with the tree, you know he has seen much of the wilderness and much of the activity in this ancient wood pass by him for easily centuries. He was stricken ill with some malady that you were trying to discern. Feeling confident that you have given the old oak all the aid that you could and that only with time would he heal and grow strong again. You agreed to accompany the fairies to Birch Grove. You're not a warrior, but you are one of the more competent healers in all of the Wilderin, and your ability to heal the injured, sick, or dying is paralleled only by a few.
2: I will go with you.
0: So it was that you agreed to go to the defense of Birch Grove. Around the same time you converged on Birch Grove, and were soon met by the fairy warriors of the Queen, who requested that you accompany them to the old birch tree that she calls home. This is a massive, glistening white birch tree, almost perfect and pristine. Its branches reach up well into the canopy of the wilderness, which is known for its massive and unique vegetation. There the queen accepts you into her chambers. She is sitting upon a throne that looks more like it was grown than it was... Fabricated, she beckons you all into the chambers. Reluctantly, she allows Dash in. And she addresses you. We need your help. The Faceless Ones are coming. We do not know why. We are unsure of why they are targeting Birch Grove. But they have been searching about the area and the land around our settlement for a very long time. As if they were looking for something. Many of our scouts, many of our people, innocent passers-by... Have been attacked, gravely injured, and even slain.
1: Yeah, they walked through my garden last week.
0: Will you help us? Mokwe thinks it would be good if we help
3: you. I, Madre, believe that we shall help with anything you need.
4: Standing by Madre's side, Longway will offer his sword to the services of the Queen. Sun thinks this is a good idea.
2: We should help people. And trees. Earring stands off towards the back,
5: looking down, thinking for the defense of the grove, which has been of a family to me than anything I've ever known. I will
1: help. Yeah, but this doesn't mean I'm like coming back. We hope you do not. I'm perfectly happy. Thank you.
0: With that, she stands and bows and leaves and one of her soldiers shows you the way out. So you find yourself standing in the middle of the grove by the trickling brook as you see many of the denizens of the grove moving about clumsily putting together barriers, setting all variety of magical traps. There is a hum and a buzz in the air as many of the uh, fairies are, are flying about, going about their business, carrying things to prepare the barricades, stowing supplies, bringing weapons to defenders. What do
4: their defenses look like?
0: It looks like someone's garage who has just been like storing things in there for years. Piles of furniture, tables, brush, various uprooted bushes with thorns on them, sharpened stakes, old spears jammed into the ground at an angle,
4: so horrible. Yes,
0: the Wilderin is not familiar with war there's certainly dangers in the old forest. Dangers that you wouldn't see anywhere else in Hymerin, but war is something foreign. The closest the Wilderin has ever come to war was about 250 to 300 years ago when a large army of demons fought with the neighboring kingdoms on the plains just outside of Shazoblazinstes and the Wilderin. But nothing has ever entered the Wilderin. It is very difficult for evil or wickedness to enter from the outside. Though the Wilderin does have its fair share of evil and wickedness within the confines of the forest, there is something that prevents that from entering from the outside. Though the Faceless Ones are not creatures that are native
4: to the forest. Madre, my old friend looks like you and i are going to
3: be the tip of the spear agreed madry actually steps back looks at long way cracks his knuckles hunkers down a bit purveys the lines and sets to work assisting the fairies and organizing this mess dash
1: dash takes a look around do i notice the person who's going to be in charge of assigning people places because i really am not so happy being surrounded by giants
0: There is a, for lack of a a better term, the equivalent of the captain of the militia. He is a rather stout and sturdy fairy. You don't get along with him, which is not a big surprise. Uh, Actually, there have been several instances where the two of you have come to blows, mostly because your temper has gotten the better of you.
1: Okay, I will walk up to said captain.
0: He takes two steps back, puts his hands up. What do you want?
1: These are the recruits that we've gotten from our summons. Where do you want us? What do you want us to do?
0: I just pile more stuff onto the barricades. That should keep them out. Pile more stuff onto the barricades. Okay. There's plenty of dead wood here to
1: pile up on the barricades. Some of the furniture that you broke. Oh, those chairs were already on the line. I've seen them. There's a nice table that I think I want to take home, though. Earring?
5: What is the makeup of the forest in this area? said there's a, a big... White birch trees all white
0: birch trees or? the majority of the trees here are white birch there's some of the gray birch and then on the the outskirts there's there's probably about a hundred 150 give or take birch trees in birch Grove they're quite large they're they're large enough to facilitate the homes of the residents here both inside and and outside of the trees there's several large stumps that have been converted into homes as well. And then the forest on the outside, any variety of tree that that you can imagine, plus those that are indigenous to the wilderness, such as the gold leaf tree, the snow birch, which are pale white trees with pale white leaves. The large birch tree that the queen resides in is a massive snow birch tree of infinite age. Since the very beginning of the wilderness or at least that's the story that they tell. White birch, the, the bark that goes up too easily. Yes, that is something that you're very familiar with, having used that uh, in your fire starting kit. If the
5: Dark Ones bring fire, this place will go up very easily.
1: So will that barricade?
5: It's going to be living in the barricade. It's going to be hiding.
3: Uh, we could always clear the brush from around the birch, make space, create a barricade around. And then on the other side of these makeshift barricades that we have, the fairies have already put together. Collective fae and fairies. We can put a trench in front uh, to protect it, at least to give us some higher ground and pro- give us the advantage.
5: Good idea. We should also clip parts of the uh, birch, especially the dried and dead ones, cut those
0: down, take the, uh, the bark off.
5: Earring? What kind of uh, trees are in this area?
0: The majority of the tree there's approximately 150 trees, give or take, in, in Birch Grove. The majority of them are white birch, but there are some of the gray variety of birch. On the outskirts of Birch Grove are any variety of tree uh, oak, maple, um, gold leaf trees. The home of the queen of Birch Grove is a snow birch. It's entirely white, pale white. There's no black markings on them as there commonly is on on a birch tree. The leaves are white. They tend to glisten as they catch the sunlight. And this is a massive tree. It's a tree of massive proportions. They say it's been around since the birth of the Wilderin. When the wilderin was born, this particular tree was but a sapling and has been home to the queens of Birch Grove for time immemorial.
5: We are going to need to clear out the white birch, at least the dead ones. Take some trimmings off the live ones because this place will go up like a tinderbox. Prepare the barricades, dig a trench. Somebody get me a shovel so I can start digging.
1: Dash holds up a uh, half sized fairy shovel.
5: I'm going to need one a
1: lot bigger than that.
0: Okay, good luck. The captain of the the guard, for lack of a better term, uh, rummages through a pile of debris and pulls out a rusty old shovel and takes it by the handle with it trailing behind him, skipping across the stones, and hands it to you. All
5: right, this will do.
0: We're not prepared to defend this place, our home. We've never had to since the beginnings of the end.
5: Do you have anywhere safe to get your people? Temporary shelter that's not in a tree, maybe a cave
0: that's nearby? No. This is our safe spot. It's protected by the queen's magic. It's protected by our archers, but we have never encountered something like the faceless ones.
5: My fear is fire. If they bring fire, the birch will burn. Will her magic protect from fire?
0: It has protected us from fire in the past, but the Faceless Ones, they don't seem to be as affected by the Queen's magic. They are able to enter the grove. We found a scout three nights ago inside the grove. Sadly, he slew several of our guards before we realized that there was an assassin in our midst. We were able to drive him away.
2: Folks, if I may interject, fire is a great risk, Eri. Why let them approach this close? We were not brought here to huddle behind the best workings of the local folk barrier. We were brought here to defend. Let us meet the enemy in the field instead of letting them come to us.
5: We don't know how many of them there are and from which directions they'll be coming from.
2: All good points.
3: We could have this be our last bastion. That's a fair point. We set up out. We bring all of the Fey barbarians, all of their fighters, all of their heavy, heavily-ish armored people, and... Have their archers flank or cover us and defend and pull back. Have the trenches set appropriately. This can be our last bastion. Have high arch spots in the trees for the Fey archers. Longway and I will head the spear and do our best to protect everyone. Dash.
6: Mokui thinks we can make these paths that Earring wants, these ditches, and fill them with water. We can mold the earth around the encampment and we should be fine to fill those with water.
3: I like this idea. This
6: has potential. Do you
4: plan on giving the faceless ones a
1: bath? It'll stop the fires
4: from getting close. It will provide water for perhaps putting out fires.
1: Just let me add them. Do you require a shell? A shell? To launch from? Are you making a... What are you saying about my wings? Dash
0: cannot launch. He butt glides. He is
4: not a flyer like the rest of us. You can't glide from the ground. You need to glide from height. I believe he's offering you a vantage point from which to glide from.
1: Oh, a use for a giant. Hmm. Come over and I'll start climbing. Dash
4: is no warrior. There's very few here that I've seen are warriors. He'll do for now.
1: When I get to the top, I'm launching myself at the captain. I'm going to punch him in the nose.
4: Catch him mid-flight if I can. Standing right there, so... Make your initiative roll, Dash.
1: That's a 24.
4: He's got... initiative above me, so.
1: Oh, sorry. No, initiative is 20. My launch is actually only a uh, nine for an unarmed strike.
4: He
0: launches off Madri's shell really, really close. You reach up to snatch him and you're not too sure if he changed course or if he just flew crooked. And he zooms past The captain of the guard, it looks like he was trying to punch him or grab him as he flew by, but he ends up landing and the captain of the guard looks over his shoulder. And I use the term captain of the guard loosely because he's more of like the head militia guy and chuckles. See, I told you he is neither a flyer nor is he a warrior. And he turns around and looks at you and says, dash, perhaps you should just continue to pile up things on the barricade. How about I just take
4: him with me when we go look at the perimeter? He's very volatile. Good. I can use that.
1: Um, at this point, you will notice that Dash's face is turning a little more um, purpley than it normally would be. He's definitely gaining some red into his uh, skin tone.
4: See? Come with me, Dash. We're going to go for a walk.
2: Sun casts sleep on Dash. It's a DC. There's no save for sleep.
5: You have to roll dice for hip points.
2: Oh. Yes. How many... First level, d8. Well, I might only get 5 hit points. 11, 18, 21, 22 hit points.
1: Out uh, of 35, so that'll leave me with 14. No, you don't, you don't, you don't lose hit points. Oh, right. I just it, go down? No.
0: No. You cast sleep. It appears as though Dash is so fired up that the spell washes over him and he almost becomes visibly more purple.
4: Let's take a moment to talk about our sponsor. You're a new DM who wants to jump behind the screen. Maybe you've been volunteered by your gaming group but aren't quite ready. What if I were to tell you that I can put a team of professional writers alongside you at your desk while you're prepping your game? With Describe, we can do just that. These narratives vividly describe monsters, places, spells, people, you name it. It's there, and there are more than 6,000 of these easy-to-search-up Copy and pasteable, beautifully written narratives right at your fingertips. Describe has graciously provided us with a discount for our listeners. Head on over to describe.com/dmd. Use the code DMD at checkout to try Describe for two weeks for free. Links will be in the show notes. And now, back to the show.
3: Madry falls asleep. (laughs) (laughs) There
0: is a thud as Madri hits the ground on his back, rocks backwards and forwards a few times before he comes to rest and starts snoring loudly. So loud that people have stopped and turned and
2: looked. I will wink at Dash before I walk over and rouse
3: Madri. What what happened? You fell asleep. Did you get a good rest last night? It was a much-needed rest, thank you.
5: I'm going to put my shovel down, look over at signing. Come on, we got to flip him onto the other side.
3: No
0: problem. The two of you, in concert with one another, flip your tortle
4: companion onto his belly so he can get himself back up again.
3: Thank you, friends.
4: I'm going to start heading to the break in the defenses. I use the word loosely, and I'll look back over my shoulder one more time. Come on, Dash. We can't find anything to fight in here. Let's see if we can find something out there.
1: Dash kicks a uh, pebble in the direction of the captain and then turns around and follows long way and uh, heads off, taking out his uh, woodworking tools, seeing if he can help that way. Let's see if we can maybe pin this thing together a little more strongly.
4: Uh, I'm going to walk the perimeter. Would you like to walk with me or are you going to work on the barricade?
1: Okay, let's go. Once
5: Dash is out of earshot, I'm going to look over at the captain. So, if he's so volatile, why haven't you uh, made him some birch bark armor, set himself ablaze and fly or glide or whatever at the enemies?
0: I had not considered that.
5: But you're considering it now?
0: Perhaps. Perhaps his volatility will be of use in this coming battle, but in kinder company, more gentle company, he is exceptionally volatile. He's had to be asked to leave the grove proper. And settle elsewhere.
3: In this coming battle, kind and proper will not work.
0: Perhaps you will be of use then.
6: I agree. For this trench, how much do we have to dig around the encampment so we can get a, a, a decent-sized trench going about five feet wide?
0: Quite a bit of digging.
6: I would be using mold earth to help out, to help along with that.
0: Uh, several hundred linear feet, not to mention the, the width of the trench. So it would be... Quite time-consuming.
6: Well, if that's what Earring wants to do, well, we think that's a good idea, and then
3: we'll fill it with water. As you're doing that, Madri's going to follow behind you and set up the embankment so that the barricades have sharp objects pointing down into the water. Make it so it's a little bit more uh, treacherous for those faceless ones.
5: Yeah, considering that the fairies can fly, getting over the barricades shouldn't be a problem for them. For us, we'll figure that out as we go.
3: Being that we have been in this wilds for a while, um, have we seen these, encountered these faceless ones before? I assume we've encountered them before.
0: You have not. You've heard stories from villages, towns, uh, traveling merchants regarding these creatures, but you haven't really given it a great deal of thought. As the the stories were somewhat unbelievable. You've never known the wilderness to have these type of creatures in it, anything that bears a resemblance to them, and it's fairly common that bad stuff from the outside just doesn't get in. But now there seems to, and, and there's been no body either, the, the accounts you have heard are all somewhat similar. You've never heard an account of there being outward attacks, just sightings. And in every instance that you've heard these these accounts, there's always been the description of them as seeming like they were looking for something, like they were
4: searching for something. As I'm escorting Dash for a cool-off walk, I'm going to see whether or not we see any obvious tracks. The fairies mostly are flying. Their footprints are going to be relatively small. These faceless ones are more humanoid-sized. So I'm going to see if I spot any obvious tracks Or breaking trail towards the grove. Would you like to use survival or investigation for that? I will use survival. That's going to be an 11. Not a very good one. It's hard
0: to really tell whether or not there's uh, tracks, particularly in the dense undergrowth, the, the moss. You think you may have found something that almost looks like a bare foot, but it looks, it's broader. Maybe it's got claws. Or toenails desperately in need of a pedicure. It's hard to tell. It almost looks human sized, so quite large to you. You imagine it's whatever body was attached to the foot was quite heavy, but it's hard to find others. You know, you can a little more searching, broken branches, maybe some other what could be footprints here and there. But nothing really distinguishable. Nothing as good of a print as that initial one that you surmise may be one of
4: theirs. Okay, then I'm just going to make note of the directions it's coming toward or away from Birch Grove. It looks like some of the prints or what you assume are
0: prints coming from the east and then potentially returning from the east. One of the things that is readily noticeable are hoof prints from a horse. Specifically, you recognize the horse's hoof prints. The hooves are unshod, and there almost appears to be uh, singe marks around the footprints, almost like the the vegetation
4: has shrunk back, has withered a bit. Okay, I'll keep that in mind. But we'll continue our walk around the perimeter and see if I can spot any other. Now that I I have an idea what I'm looking for, uh, at least a better idea, I'll pass this information on to Dash as well maybe dash a little more in tune with the the area around here, might be able to spot something as well. I plan on completely circumnavigating the entire grove before I go back in.
0: It takes you a while to do so. Oh, I figured it would. There's uh, a lot of barriers, you know, fallen logs, that sort of thing, thick underbrush. It's for a flyer or even a glider, it's much easier to navigate than someone who is more terrestrial in nature and is used to having his going to have to clamber over things.
4: Well, I'll use my acrobatics and I'll leap and jump as necessary.
0: When you return to the point you started at, the one big takeaway from this is that they are unprepared for any variety of assault. It's not like they're poorly armed because it's quite the opposite. Their fairy archers are known for their skill with archery or the sling, and their swordsmen are perfectly competent. Fairies tend to be quite durable being small creatures in a forest full of large predators, but the barrier that they put up of for lack of a better term, things that appear as though they'd be in a yard sale, you know, just things they want to get rid of from a trained soldier standpoint, quite poor. You can see numerous gaps in the defenses that would be were you leading an attacking force, would stick out like a sore thumb as as weak points an overall weak barrier.
4: Well, with that information, I'm going to go in, uh, pull the head of the militia aside, and offer my assistance in directing some of the rebuilding or building up of some particular areas that I've noticed have been considerably lacking in defense, at least the best they can do for now. Firstly, I'd start felling trees, but I don't think they'd be up, they'd be pretty upset with me. So.
0: He looks extremely concerned after you, you point out the various weaknesses in the defenses of Birch Grove, and he says that is all we have. For materials? Yes.
4: Okay. At the lower levels of every tree, there are dead limbs. Start culling those limbs. They'll do no harm to the tree. If anything, it'll keep it a little bit better because it won't harbor any insects or parasites or fungi. And start using those materials. <laughs> we have already done so. You have? Well, then. Are there any buildings that aren't being occupied? No, these are all trees.
0: They're living creatures. They are part of the the breath of the wilderness, the magic that resides here, their roots. S- start digging up rocks.
4: Very well. The bigger the better. We shall throw them at our enemies. No, we're gonna use them to build a small wall. I see. Then you can take your debris pile and put it on top of the rocks. I'll give instruction as we go.
2: After having uh, completed a circuit in the woods, Sun returns to see Longway talking to the guard supervisor and has a thought and says to Longway, it was very difficult to navigate the woods out there. So much bramble, did you not think so? I noticed as well. I think an attacking force might also consider that and perhaps we could funnel them. If we had any idea, you know, if we did it every corner of the compass, no matter what direction they come, we could funnel them to a certain... Maybe we don't have to do all the way around if we can funnel the enemy into a more advantageous position for us.
4: Well, every creature likes to take the easiest path, so if we start taking some of those paths on the cardinal points, as you mentioned, clear those out so it makes it easier for them to approach, use that material to fortify the the walls in the weaker spots and then we can defend those weak spots that they're being led to.
2: You are a military genius. I'm glad you're here.
4: I am a soldier. Ah, as I said, yes, soldiers. I don't know any of them. Well, now I know one. Nice to meet you. So if there's no more materials, good militiamen. We have a plan, and we're going to pass this plan on to him. Well, we'll go out and recognize some of the pathways we can use uh, to direct them and start clearing those pathways to make it easier for them to funnel them into those areas and using those materials we're clearing to fortify the weak spot and the bulma that they're building. They set to work feverishly, almost as though they were in a panic. Good.
0: And after many many hours, the sun begins to set on the Wilderin, and darkness comes relatively quickly in the Wilderin with a dense canopy. So when the sun begins to set, it becomes darker quite quickly. The uh, birch grove is is very well lit with uh, various light emitting baubles, simple torches, lanterns, and it's almost like several large lightning bugs. Throughout the entirety of the, the Birch Grove, because many of the lights are up in the trees, flickering in the breeze.
4: So I'm gonna call our other members from the non residents of Birch Grove. That would include Dash. And <laughs> make a few suggestions. As a soldier, I've recognized some of their weak defenses, and we've done the best we can to fortify them. We've also made it a little more advantageous for anyone attacking to take particular pathways that we can more easily defend. If we... Uh, I will go include and include the, the person in charge of the militia as well on this little meeting. If we can get some of our more competent fighters... I noticed there were pathways coming from the east. So I will stand at the eastern point that we've made and await the rising sun. Madre, I'll leave it to you to pick whatever other point you feel comfortable
3: with. Madre looks and says, Well, I would take for the west and protect us from the breeze and from the winds from that direction.
4: We have a couple sizable individuals with us.
2: While I am not a... uh... A fighter, per se, I really am much more of a healer. I much more want to heal people than hurt them, of course. I could certainly send up a signal if there was an approaching party of non-fairy folk. Could we have a central watcher, somebody who could maybe move quickly if a signal were sent up and warn the others? Sure,
1: I'll get a kick out of hanging out on the old bitches tree. Okay.
2: The captain of
0: the militia starts to shift uncomfortably, In his place, after
4: you've referred to the queen as the old bitch. That's okay, Dash. Remember, you're in her home. You wouldn't want anyone to be disrespectful in yours.
1: If anybody was disrespectful in mine, I'd have a new wall hanging. Keep that in
4: mind when you're in someone else's
2: home. And I will be in the north. I do not like this arguing. It is very disturbing to me.
6: Malky is going to accompany Sun. Sun needs his help.
4: Oh, yay. I love friends. Erin, can we... Count on you to watch the south.
5: Looking up, if we're not going to, you know, the idea is that we would like not to get attacked. And all of these lights is a beacon. Can they be put out? Earring says to the captain.
0: If you think that wise, of course.
5: I don't know how well any of you see in the dark. I can see just fine.
4: There are a number of individuals that will not be able to see very well in the dark. I know I cannot. Nor can And I. they already know. They've already attacked here. So a beacon's not going to make a difference. They already know where the village is. So to be able to see our opponents and deal with them well lit will also help, number one, keep track them. Number two, keep anyone who can't see very well in the dark to make a mistake and attack a friend instead of a foe. I get your point, and I, from a tactical point, that would be wise. But they've already attacked multiple times. They know where the the grove is so trying to hide wouldn't do any good be able to make sure we can see them so our archers can take aim so the the swordsmen amongst the fae can engage as well okay and not hit a friend
5: so i'm not gonna put those out We don't know when we're going to get attacked defending the different points.
4: you don't even know if but we're not the only ones here right militiamen right so (laughs) if you keep constant watch of archers at the flanks of each of these openings and keep your swordsmen around the defensive walls to in case something tries to go through or over them and put up an alarm and if they come all in on one side then we'll congregate in on that one side.
5: I would like to venture out into the, the wilderness and set some snare traps.
4: I would do so quickly daylight. I can yes.
5: see fine in the dark.
4: Dangerous in the dark. But we still need room. you to watch that southern point.
5: And if I can get, say, just four snare traps up in each of the directions, their approach can serve as an early warning.
4: Alarms would be an excellent idea.
5: Erring will head out and set up four different snare traps in the wilderness on each of the paths. And then once he's done with that, head to... His spot in the south.
0: What form is the one that you are most often in?
5: The humanesque form. He only takes the cat form when he's in battle.
3: Madry actually looks to the uh, militia captain and asks or suggests, "Captain, you should place your militia on rotating sleep schedules. Have some awake during the eve. That way, that way, we uh, if and when we are attacked, we have a awake and ready force to protect this area
0: a wise decision i will make it so do you have anything to interject sir my title is merely a title it was handed down by my father who received it from my grandfather
4: who received it from his father yet nonetheless you find yourself in this position i would suggest you buck up embrace your title embrace your position and control your men
2: don't worry it will all be fine
3: or we will all die Either way, it would be fun.
6: Dying is not fun. Mokui knows this for sure.
3: You died before,
0: Mokui?
6: I was on death's door.
2: Almost. It did not look fun. The captain
0: skulks off with his head hung low and begins to rally his men pointing up into the branches of the taller trees. And the sky is abuzz with the beating of fairy wings uh, the archers taking up their positions in the branches of the trees with a large concentration of fairies with swords and bows being in the snow birch tree of the queen earring it is pitch black nonetheless you are just as welcome in the darkness of the wilderness as you are in in the light and as you are setting your snares you are finishing up your final snare and about to head back to your your southern watch point when you begin to see lights almost flicker on in the distance to the east. First, there are two or three, and then a dozen, and soon perhaps 40, 50, 100, all blazing beacons of light off in the distance to the east. And for a moment, they just hang there, and then they begin to move in what looks like a disorganized line of sorts, um, almost undulating through the forest, at some points narrow, at other points thick, but there's a silence to it. There's not the usual uproar of a large number of warriors going on a raid. There is no clamor. There is just a deathly silence. At your position to the east, long way, you see this begin to happen. Eventually as the lights Multiply, the rest of you take notice, and of course, they are moving towards Birch Grove. Son, avert your eyes. And as he looks away,
6: I'm going to wild shape, very painful, and I'm going to wild shape into a dire
2: wolf. Do I hear any noise? You hear
6: the bones cracking and me pretty much crying because of the pain. And oh, yeah. once I'm done, I'll let out a loud howl. There is a
0: gruesome display of sounds as Mokui's body contorts, almost racked in agony, there is the, the crackling-like tree branches breaking and reforming, and then at the very end of this, whilst all intermingled with an almost human-like sobbing, there is a very primal howl that is uttered from where Mokui once stood. He is replaced. Mokui, is that you? And I
2: whimper at him. That was gross, but amazing. I'm, uh, okay. Are we joining the fight? To the east we go? And I face towards the east. And I start to lumber.
6: You may run, of course. I'm going to stay right by your side, because I'm going to make sure there's nothing coming up through either smell or sound coming in our direction. It's a rather shuffling, rapid
0: lumber. I don't run. So Longway is is positioned to the east. Sun and Mokwe join him. You are joined by Sun and a massive dire wolf. I'll
4: reach out and scratch the back behind his ear. Hello, Mokwe.
1: Sit there, wagging my tail. Dash? Dash will uh, notice the dire wolf and Sun going by the tree and head off towards the other entrances, dashing all the way to make sure that I can get to both of them and tell them go east. So you are...
0: Rallying your kin.
1: Yes. Well, not my kin. The uh, the the specialists that we have brought in. Madry, you are approached by Dash. Dash, hello. Head to the east.
3: To the east, we will sh- we shall go. Will you assist me? We must close this entrance. And Madry starts pulling on the uh, the brush and everything to close the entrance to the west. Earring. The best he can.
0: You have noticed those lights to the east
5: and to the other directions. There is nothing.
0: Nothing. Good.
5: I will, since I'm in the wilderness, I will begin skirting around the birch grove and making my way to the east.
0: In time, you see your companions standing to the east where Longway once stood by himself.
5: This is the direction they attack. They're not coming from any of the others.
4: That's what I suspected originally. I'm going to take the peace bond off my sword. I'm going to string my longbow, stick a half dozen arrows in the ground in front of me, knock another arrow, and wait.
5: I will do
3: that as well with my longbow. Madry steps up next to Longway, cracks his neck, shakes his shoulders out, glances over. Brother. Brother.
0: The line of flickering lights, that undulating body of lights approaches, stops, and begins to spread out in a half circle.
2: Sun casts aid on Longway, Madri, and Moque. You have five additional hit points.
0: For a moment, there is silence. Silence like you've never heard before in the Wilderin. No matter what the season, no matter what the time of day. There is always some noise in the forest but tonight there is a deathly silence and then rather suddenly there's the sound of something crashing through the canopy of the trees something whistles almost shrieks by your head earring and then a body of a fairy falls from the tree in the midst of you all this is your dm scott and that is all we have time for this week Join us next time as the adventure continues on An Acorn's Journey, a DMD Story. Thank you to our cast, Marcus Holt, Frank Wieden, Ben Petrie, Bill Robotile, Louis Aponte, and the angry fairy himself, Sin Morse. A special thanks to you, our listeners. You are why we do this every week. We'll see you next time in the dojo.